Sisters. If you've been here the past, uh, I guess, two or three weeks, we've been talking about success. What is it? How do we get there? We've been looking at biblical success or God's success, not just success with man, but actually success uh, in, in the eyes of God. And that's what we all want, whether we realize it or not. Lots of times we just think that we want regular old success. But at the end of your life, you find out that that's really not going to cut the mustard. That really what you really want is success uh, in your own life, your marriage, your family, in business. But you also want success in the eyes of God. And sometimes those things contradict. And sometimes they run right in line with each other. Uh, but, but So we've been looking at success in God's eyes. And, and how he wants us to attain it. Uh, but this morning, I'm not going to give you so much the how of success. We've been looking at how. How do we attain it? How do we get there? How, how, how? This morning, I just want to remind you, felt like the Lord wanted me to remind us of the why. Not necessarily the how of success or how do we get there, but the why. Why do we want to get there? Why do we want land? Why do we want five acres? Why do we want to undertake you know, a whole process of building a why, why, why. Uh, so that's primi- primarily this morning, or, or the title of it, I guess, as you can see on your bulletin, is just success with the end in mind, or planning or preparing uh, with thinking about the end. Sometimes we, we're really in the present, or sometimes we're stuck in the past. But I want to talk to you this morning about uh, the end, or, or planning, preparing, uh, thinking about success in light of what's going to happen, not just this year or the next five years or even the next 10 years, but with the end, way down the road, why do we do what we do? And uh, I wanted to re- remind you guys as a church, just why, why, why we're here, what are we doing, just to give you some revision. You know how I many sometimes it's good to get revision? Just go over the test, go over before, right? To get because you want to know. So, so the the core scriptures that our church was really founded upon. I just want to read those to you this morning, and then I want to speak to you about what Jesus said. Some red letters. Before we do that, though, let's pray this morning. Just get our heart, our mind, attention right. I've been goofing off, so. Uh, Let's pray this morning before we get into it. Thank you, Father God, for uh, your word that the Bible says that your word gives us light and understanding. We come to learn from you. I thank you, Lord, that you uh, give each one of us uh, wisdom for our homes, our lives, our future, our destiny. And I thank you, Lord, that you're always giving us uh, the how, but you also don't want us to forget the why. Why are we doing what we do? Why is it important? Thank you, Lord, for your understanding today. In Jesus' name, amen. The first verse I wanted to show you is uh, one that we quote a lot at the church. If anybody ever asks you, what's up with that church? Well, what do they believe over there? You just tell them Psalms 1, 3. Psalms 1, because really that's one of the cornerstones of the church. He that's planted by the river. The Bible tells us three things that happens whenever we get planted by the river. People say, why do you name it the river? Well, there's just a few scriptures that, that, that really... Uh, explain it quite well. So if you want to look at it, I know if you don't have your Bible, I did, that's why I put this on paper for you so that you can look at it. It says that he shall be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water. Once you're planted by the rivers of water, he said three things are going to happen. He says, first, he says, you'll bring forth your fruit in your season. He says, next, he says that your leaf shall not wither. The third thing he says, he says, whatever you do shall 
prosper. So we believe in a church where this is happening, that people are actually finding the river of God and being planted, not just hopping all over the place, but actually letting some roots go down. And he says, once those roots go down, he says, God's got some fruitfulness for you. He's got some productivity for you. He's got some things uh, that, that are not just here and now, but again, success long years from now that, that you can look back on and say, man, I'm glad I was planted. Man, I'm glad that I took the time to get planted by the river because my roots went down and I became fruitful. I actually had something to show beyond just the norm. I mean, I don't want to live normally. God, normal so boring. Why? Why would you want to do that? What a lame life. No, I said, no, I want to be fruitful. And he says, not just fruitful. He says that your leaf won't wither. What's that mean? He just says mentally, physically, spiritually, relationally, that there'll be a vitality to you that comes from the presence of God and from being rooted in him. He says, your leaf, your leaf won't wither. You know, we went to a funeral, a funeral. That's so sad. It was a, it was a wedding yesterday. We didn't go to a funeral. It was a funeral in sorts, I guess. Just kidding. Just kidding. No, I'm just I'm just kidding, babe. I'm just kidding. We're outside. I can do it. We're outside. It was not a funeral. It was a wedding. But you know, it they're beautiful. Everything was decorated. But but I noticed while I was standing there where they had cut all these flowers, they were wilting, and you think, man, that thing probably just got cut two hours ago and let and yet uh, the the leaves were withering they were just hanging there the life had gone out of them you could still tell what it is and it was still very much a rose but just by looking at it you could tell it's just been cut off uh, with the roots that it used to have they just don't have them anymore and whenever we get cut off or we refuse or we don't want to be planted or we don't stay plugged in the bible says that that our leaves will wither that relationally our marriage our kids things just fall off well we, we started a church not to fall off right that we want people we want ourselves to be planted so that we'll be fruitful so that our leaves won't wither and the last thing he says so that you'll prosper in everything that you do not just money but in everything prosper that that, that you can be successful and that's what we're talking about is being successful but not just today successful 20 years from now ezekiel chapter 47 verse 9 it says wherever the river flows there will be many fish and animals and the river will make the water in the Dead Sea fresh. I mean, I like that word fresh. Amen. Just like that word fresh. What's that mean? Just, just wherever you go that you just, wherever you spill into, it gets fresh. Used to be dead, you know, whenever you walk in, whenever you show up at your school, in the cafeteria, whenever you show up at your, uh, uh, at your office, wherever you show up, if things are dead, you just spill into it fresh. Well, where did you get that? Well, it's the life of God that's in you, that you purpose in your heart to be planted and your leaf's not withering and whatever you're doing is prosper and you are fruitful. And because of that, wherever you flow, it just brings life. How I many I want that? Amen. Well, man, that's what I want. He says, from the Engedi to Englain, the people will be standing. I'm sorry, the, before that it says, wherever the river flows, it brings life. From Engedi to in England, people will be standing on the shore of the sea with their fishing nets spread out. And as many kinds of fish will be there as there are in the Mediterranean. What's that mean? We just want all types of people. Jesus said, follow you, I'll make you a fisher of men. And what's he talking about? The fish are the people. You don't know you're a fish, but you are. 
But here he says, listen, listen, he says, where the river flows, he says, there'll be people, there'll be fish, all different types of fish. So as a church, we want red, yellow, black, and white. They're all precious in his sight, right? Young, old, and some just strange. It's just strange. How many ever seen strange fish? I've had saltwater aquariums since I was probably 14. I guess I've had probably 10 of them. And I've got a big one at my house right now. And I've had some ugly fish. My God, I've had some strange fish. Fish, you scare them and they blow up. I've killed, I think, every fish you can kill. That probably makes your confidence in me as a shepherd go down. But uh, them fish are hard to keep alive. They are. They're really hard to keep alive. Uh, Now I only buy cheap fish. (laughs) All my fish are cheap now. I had a Picasso trigger. You know, I've had some of these. It'd be $100. You flush $100 down the toilet, and you literally just flush the $100 down the toilet when that fish, he died. But here he says, listen, as many fish as there are in the Mediterranean, he says that's how many types of fish will be in this river. So we don't want a river of just one type of fish. I want a river with just a bunch of them, but some of them, they'll be strange. It's like, like, I don't get you. I don't understand you. You are incredibly strange. And yet God created you. So there's something in there that's valuable. So come on in. Just come on in. So we just take all of them. Take any of them. And believe none of them are beyond his reach. The last one I'll give you concerning the church. It says there is a river whose streams shall make glad. How many of y'all want a glad church? I ain't sad and I ain't mad. I'm glad. Well, how do we get that glad? He says, well, there's a river. And those streams make glad the city of God. But it's also a holy place. I say holy. So I don't want just a glad church that just anything goes. No, I don't all just go. Because he says why? He says, well, it needs to be a holy place. A tabernacle for the Most High. The Most High just means he's the boss. I mean, I think he's the boss of this church. He's the boss. He's the Most High. It's his tabernacle. We endeavor to keep it holy, but we also endeavor to keep it glad. Not sad, not mad. Keep it fresh. Don't you like fresh seafood? Like it fresh. Don't want it old or stagnant. But I I, want to show you here, though, some words of Jesus now. I mean, I think he's pretty smart. Pretty smart. So I want to look at some things that Jesus had to say. And uh, the context, I'll just tell you, uh, whenever he was saying this, was we just did communion. We just had communion together. And uh, but right before Jesus had communion with these disciples, he had a conversation with them. In other words, he's having this conversation and then he tells Peter, James and John, he says, I need you to go to Jerusalem. I need you to get the room ready and I need you to get ready for Passover. Whenever I get to Passover, we're going to go up there. We're going to have he didn't uh, they didn't know it, but he knew this was his last supper before his execution. Jesus was one of the rare people that actually knew the day that he was going to die. I was thinking yesterday, would I want to know? Would I, would I personally, would I want to know the day, the hour that I was going to die? And Jesus also knew how he was going to die, right? There are not many people that have that, whether you want to say that's an advantage or a disadvantage, he had that. Uh, there was a, a movie, how many of you remember? There was a movie called Dead Man Walking. Anybody remember that movie? Some of y'all. There you go. You remember. 
Sean Penn was in it. I think he won an Oscar for it. But the whole movie, it was a true story of a guy that's on death row. And they, they picked up, I guess, about the last week or two of his life and just the mental anguish that he knew of because this guy in the movie, he too knew the day that he was going to be executed. And he too knew how he was going to be executed. And the last week of his life, it just showed the mental anguish of this guy for a life that had been wasted, the mistakes that he had made, the things that he wished he would have done that he didn't do. And he knew that, you know, in four more days, in three more days, in two more days, in one more day, and he knew how it was going to happen. It's kind of a sad movie. But Jesus, too, he knew. He says, I'm going to have one more meal. I mean, I know on death row you get one more meal. Jesus knew I'm going to have one more meal and then I'm going to be executed. But before he had that meal, he had he had one one last conversation. I mean, I think that that he picked his words real, real careful. You know, if you know, you know, in three days, I'm not going to be out of here. This is one of my last chances to pour into these people's life that I've been hanging out with for the past three years. You know, these are my disciples. Jesus was uh, what chose his words really careful. So in that context, I want to read what Jesus's last things were. The last conversation. This is last big conversation. It's recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And uh, for the sake of time, I'm just going to pick some of the parts out of Matthew. Matthew, out of Mark, out of Luke. I'm not going to get into John. Just what what is this conversation? What is he trying to say? Again, now this is his last big one. This is this is what he wanted to leave with his disciples. They they didn't understand. You know, he tried to tell them, you know, I'm gonna die. And they're like, get out of here. Get out of here. You raised that girl from the dead. You raised Lazarus from the dead. He'd been dead for four days. Can't nobody mess with you, Jesus. You walk on water, multiply loaves and fishes. There ain't nobody like you. He says, no, I'm going to die. But they didn't believe it. Every time he would try to tell them that, they just didn't get it. They, they, they couldn't understand it. And he says, there's so much stuff I want to tell you, but you just, you're not ready. You can't understand it. It's going to take the Holy Spirit. He's the only one that's going to be able to uh, tell you what I really want you to know. But this is his last conversation. There's a couple things that uh, concerning success in the end. Jesus reminds us of some things. And I, I just want to take this opportunity to remind you of them. Matthew chapter 24, verse 37. It says, this is Jesus talking now. Last conversation. He says, as it was in the time of Noah, so it will be with the coming of the son of man. In the days before the flood, people were busy making lives for themselves. They were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. They were making plans and, uh, and having children and growing old until the day that Noah entered the ark. Those people had no idea what was coming. They knew nothing about the floods until the floods were upon them. In other words, it was too late. He says, sweeping them all away. He says, that is how it will be with the coming of the Son of Man. Watch this now. He says, two men will be plowing in a field. One will be taken and the other will be left in the field. Two women will be somewhere grinding at a mill. One will be taken and the other will be left at the mill. Verse 42, this is his instructions, his disciples. He says, so keep watch. You don't know when the Lord will come, but you should know this. 
If the owner of a house had known his house was about to be broken into, he would have stayed up all night vigilantly. How many of y'all could attest to that? Yeah, you ain't going to bed. Got my gun. I'm loaded. Come on in. Right? You're ready. He says, nobody, nobody, if you knew that somebody was going to break in, you would be on your guard. He says he would have kept watch and he would have thwarted the thief. So here, Jesus, uh, uh, a couple things I want you to notice here, and I just kind of wrote it there, is that to, to follow the plan. Follow the plan. What's that mean? Well, uh, first off, there was nothing wrong with what all these people were doing. How many of y'all know there's nothing wrong with having babies? Nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with having kids. Nothing wrong with getting married. Nothing wrong with giving people in marriage. Nothing wrong with making lives. I mean, I know all of us. We got jobs. We got to get up. Got to go to bed. Got to get the kids ready for school. Oh, no, they're late. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I'm not walking them into school this time. You walk them in. I'm not checking them in. I've got my Crocs on. You bring them in. It's a conversation we have in the house. Got to make the oatmeal. Listen, all of these things, there's nothing wrong with the things that he said that everybody was doing. And he didn't say that Noah didn't do that. How many of y'all know Noah? He, he had a family. The Bible says he had a wife. He had kids. He had a job. He had a garden. Probably had some chickens if he was smart. Right? I love chickens. Uh, Noah had all of the things that everybody else had. But Noah also understood that that wasn't the end. That there was something beyond just the wife and the kids and the house. That there was a plan. So, so Noah took care of all of his earthly responsibilities. But he also followed the plan of God for him. He also followed the assignment of God for him. He also had in the back of his mind, not just the present, but the end. Not just now, but 10 years from now. That, that in order for him to be successful, even though there's nothing wrong with, with all the things that we do. There's nothing wrong with them. They're all good. They're profitable. Uh, you should... Uh, take trips and go on vacations and and go to Smoothie King or whatever it is that you like to do. There's nothing wrong with I believe Noah had a good life. I believe he enjoyed all of those things. But he also, he knew that there was something else, that there was a plan, that there was a purpose for him. And while everybody else just wasn't in tune with that, he was working on both. Noah was working on both, right? He's working on the boat and he's working, he's hanging out with his wife. He's working on the boat, but he's also, he's got his kids. He's working on the boat, but he's also eating peaches or whatever he's doing, right? Whatever he, whatever he enjoyed doing, he, he followed the plan of God for his life. And remember now, who's talking? This is Jesus. Jesus, he's trying to get the people. He's saying, listen, listen, listen. Listen, tune in here. He says, there's nothing wrong with all the stuff that you're doing. It's all good. You got to do it. Got to earn a living. All that's wonderful. But he says, listen, there's also that there'll be people that, that they get so caught up that they forget. But I say, follow the plan. All right, let's see. The same conversation now. Same conversation. He's just going to keep on talking here. Mark chapter 13, verse number seven. He says, because now they want to know. They want to know when. Don't you always want to know when? The Lord tell you something, you're just like, when? 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 Tell me when, Jesus. Tell me when. Well, now they're wanting to know because he's telling me, he says, listen, I'm coming back. The Son of Man's coming back. Things are going to be different. Well, they want to know when. When's it going down? He says, well, he says, the way that you'll know when these things will happen, he says, there'll be wars and there'll be threats of wars. But don't panic. 
these things must take place. But the end, again, he's preparing them for the end. He says the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in many parts of the world as well as famines. But this will be on the, only the first of the birth pains with more to come. Verse 32, he says, however, no one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven or Jesus himself. He says, I don't know. I can't tell you when all of this stuff is going to happen. But he says, if you look around, you can kind of get a good idea. How many of y'all know we see a lot of this stuff happening just about every day? You turn on the news, right? There's wars and famines, Ebola, all kinds of stuff. Everything's going on. Earthquakes all over the place. I mean, lots of stuff is going on. He says, you start looking and you can kind of know what, what's happening in the earth. He says, no one knows, but he says, watch out. Verse 33 he says, since you don't know when that time will come, just be on guard and stay alert. Don't you love the Lord? Don't worry about when you just do your part, right? You just follow the plan. You just work both work, the natural and the supernatural. He says, and it doesn't matter when it'll happen. Just you just stay on guard. You be alert. You be ready. He says the coming of the son of man can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. When he left home, he gave each of his slaves instructions about the work they must do or the purpose and he told the gatekeeper, he says, watch for his return. You too must keep watch for you don't know when the master of the household will return in the evening at midnight before dawn or at daybreak. Don't let him find you sleeping when he arrives without warning. I say to you what I say to everyone. Watch for him. Who's talking here? Jesus. What is this? The last conversation. He's saying, listen, trying to get this over to you. He says that, that God has a purpose. So the second one up there, it just says live on purpose. Follow the plan or live on purpose. He says God's got something for you to do. God's got something for me to do. There's assignments for us. And he says you don't want to be like the one that God gave these assignments. He says I'm going away. I'm leaving you in charge. Marlisa, you're in charge. It's good news. I'm leaving you in charge. I'm leaving you some assignments. I'm leaving some things for you. And I'll be back. But he don't tell you when. Don't you wish he told you when? And he says, no, it could be in the morning. Could be at brunch. Could be at lunch. Could be at your afternoon snack. Could be in the evening. Could be at night. Could be at midnight. He really doesn't. He doesn't even narrow it down. He doesn't even like, well, it's going to be. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be midday. No, he just leaves it wide open. He says, your responsibility is just be ready. Your responsibility is just take what he told you to do and just be ready. Be ready no matter when it is. Just just do the purpose of God, the plan of God. Why am I talking about this? Well, because we have an assignment, right? God said, said that we're, we're actually, we're about to build a church, right? But why are we doing that? Well, because we're thinking about the end, right? We're thinking about things five years from now or 10 years from now or 20 years from now. We're not just thinking about today. No, we want to be mindful of what he said. He says, listen, you need to be busy. You need to be ready. You need to be watching. You need to be doing what I told you to do. You need to be building. And if it's a boat, it's a boat. If it's a church, it's a church. If it's a family, it's a family. Whatever it is, whatever Noah was supposed to be building, that was his assignment was to be building. So for us, this is the next stage for us. The next phase for us is to go this direction. 
direction and to build. Why? Well, because we want to live on purpose and we want to follow the plan and not just do what's easy or what we want to do. The last one is it says uh, he warns them about their own pursuits. Luke 21, he says there'll be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and on the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things that are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then you will see the son of man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, when these things begin to happen, look up. Lift up your heads because your redemption draws nigh. Verse 34, he says, but take heed to yourself, lest your hearts get weighed down with carousing and drunkenness and cares of this life. And that day come on you unexpectedly for you, for it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the earth. Watch, therefore, pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all of these things that will come and pass and stand before the Son of Man. The last one is, is just don't get weighed down. You know what it means to get bogged down. How many have been bogged down? Anybody, anybody go mudding? Anybody, y'all, are y'all mudders? All right. Is there any rednecks in the house? Yeehaw. <laughs> Have you ever been mudding? Like we, we would go mudding in Kasachi National Forest. Going in Kasachi National Forest. What are y'all doing this weekend? We're going mudding. We're going mudding, going mudding in Kasachi. Well, you get out there mudding and it's not long, then, then the mud just attaches itself to you. Your wheels are, look real good when you enter the woods, but it's not long. All those wheels, they just fill up with more and more until eventually you have what? Slicks. Slicks. You run off in the hole with slicks. You're going to be there a little while. Until Kudarab or whoever that you're with has got his winch. And he comes and pulls you out of the mud. What does that mean? You just you just get bogged down. You just get bogged down. Don't have any traction. You're, really, you're just kind of spinning your wheels. Jesus says here, he says, listen, it's easy for you to get pursuing and following things and things just attach themselves to you. Over and over and over again, he says two things. Over and over and over again, he says, I'm coming. He says, the Son of Man's coming. Just in these few verses, we didn't even look at John and we didn't look at all of them the last conversation. But like six times he says, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. What's the other thing he keeps saying? Watch, watch, be ready, stay alert. Be ready. Watch. Stay alert. Be ready. I'm coming. I'm coming. Watch. Be ready. Stay alert. But the last one he says, he says, listen, don't get bogged down. Don't get so bogged down, even even with good things. How many of y'all know you get bogged down with good things? You can just get bogged down. I mean, just for us, just just we have to monitor because our kids want to do everything. How many of you have kids that want to do everything? Everything. Just pick something. They want to do it. And a lot of it at the same time. Can we play basketball while riding a bike, while flying a kite? Well, I guess you could try. I guess if you wanted, you wanted to give it a shot, I guess you could. So you could just get bogged down for us. It could just be natural things. Just running all over town, doing everything. Try, 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 work, 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 work. And he says, yeah, but if you get too bogged down, then you, then you lose the end. You're just kind of with the, the present you know, in the rat race, but you aren't, you kind of lose. There's the sun. But you, but you start to lose 
the end. What's the whole point of this morning? Uh, just to just to refocus. Yeah, we're going to do lots of great things. Going to do great. Oh, it's going wonderful. Lord's got great things. We're going to eat and play pickleball and all that kind of stuff. But but this this morning is more about uh, not the how of success, but just bringing it back home. Why? Why why are we even taking the plane off of the ground? What's what's the objective? What what are we trying to accomplish? Uh, why why are we doing this? Because the last conversation he had. Last one before he left. This is what he said over and over and over again. And lots of the other things that we like to do aren't even in the conversation. It's not even in the conversation. He didn't even mention half the stuff that we really enjoy or like or that we bog ourselves down with. No, he kept saying the same things over and over and over again. So I'm just asking you this week, this month, this year, as you're going about doing whatever, just keeping in mind. Even as you're, you know, this week I was reading, uh, I've been keeping up with, with Gaza and Hamas and ISIS and all this stuff that's going on overseas and that, that part of the world with Israel. Jesus said, listen, you need to, you need to you need to keep up with some of this stuff. And I know you can't keep up with all of it, but it's good just to have somewhat of a mindset about there's things going on, a lot of things going on outside of this world. There's some in it very lots of stuff happening. And I'm not gonna get into all of it too much. But but they, they have biblical implications. In other words, this is stuff that Jesus said, listen, you need to watch Israel. You need to watch them. He actually says that they're the olive tree. And he says, if you'll watch them just the way an olive buds and it gives its fruit, if you watch them, then you can know kind of where things are going. And I don't know if you've noticed, but even just the five years, the past five years, been big changes all across the globe, the United States included. But, but everywhere, things are happening. And uh, they aren't just natural things. God's doing some things. But, but we have to, the Bible says, he says, he says, lift up your eyes. In other words, you can get so much down here in the carousing or whatever, and even doing stuff that's not bad, doing good stuff. But he says, listen, you need to watch and you need to understand that, that, that he is coming back and there is things that are happening and you need to lift up your eyes. Because he says what? He says, your redemption draws nigh. But he says, you don't want to be like the guy that's out in the field and the master comes. He's not ready. Two will be in the field. One's ready. One's not, right? Two ladies at the meal. Betty, what'd you do last week? Betty? 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 Where's Betty? Betty gone, baby. Betty has left. Just what Jesus said. Again, last conversation he's having with these people. He said, people, just like it was in Noah's day, he says, we need to be mindful. We need to be lifting up our eyes. We don't need to be so distracted. How many of y'all know it's easy to be distracted? Even out here, it can you know, you be distracted at church. You'd be distracted anywhere. But distractions, man, they really mess you up. So I'm just encouraging you, just don't be distracted. Well, you're reading the paper, you're watching the news, you're taking care of your kids, or you're thinking about the next phase or next step like we are for this church. I'm still always thinking about not just today, but the end. Uh, well, what's going what, to what's gonna be happening later? But God's got good stuff for us now. He's got good stuff for us. We're, you know, we're going to baptize half a dozen people here. And that's a good thing, right? These are all good things. Good things God wants us to be doing. But we're also, we're, we're, we want to be uh, 
keep the why of what we're doing in front of us. Let's pray uh, this morning and then uh, we'll, we'll do our baptism service. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you give us divine instructions. You're always trying to get things over to us. And thank you, Lord, that you had recorded, Matthew recorded it, Mark, Luke, John. They all recorded the same conversation because of its importance. What's the importance? You said that you're coming and that for us, our assignment, our purpose, and the plan of God for us is to watch, to pray, and to be ready. Thank you, Lord, that we purpose in our heart not to be so distracted and to, to lift up our eyes to where our help comes from. Lift up our eyes to see you and to know what you're doing, that you are coming back. Thank you, Lord, for the great future that you have for each one of us individually, but also for our church. We thank you for what you've already done, but also what you're going to do, that as we set out to build and go into the next phase. Thank you, Lord, that you're good and you're faithful this morning. If you're here, you need to be saved. I believe most of you know I've been looking around, uh, but I want to give you opportunity. If you've never been saved, never made Jesus the Lord of your life this morning, I would like to pray for you if you need to recommit your life to the Lord. And I want to make an invitation if you've never been baptized and you say, well, I'm, I'm kind of interested, uh, but but I don't I don't know. Maybe you were baptized as a kid. You were, you know, lots of times as an infant, you'll get baptized or sprinkled or but you say as an adult, I want to be baptized. Then first step would just be uh, here and now just to make sure that that you're saved, that you're born again. Jesus said that you must be born again. If you're here, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Maybe uh, maybe you have. You say, you know what? I need to recommit this morning. I'd like to pray with you, pray for you. Is there anybody like that this morning? Just raise your hand if that's you. Again, I know.